You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Good afternoon. Welcome in once again. Jimmy B and TC on the air with you. Trent Condon here on a solo edition this afternoon in an abbreviated show on the air just for an hour today as we have UNI Panther football coming up as they make their way to beautiful Terry Haute, Indiana to take on the Sycamore's chance to pick up win number win number one in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And Gary Rimel will have the play-by-play for that one coming up 6 o'clock kick and a 5 o'clock pregame show. After that, we will join Rams-Vikings in progress with our Westwood One coverage. About 9.15, 9.20, we will get to the Rams and the Vikings tonight in Thursday night football. But going to start things off a little bit differently today. Pete Futek from College Football News has a few minutes to join us. And anytime we get an opportunity with Pete, we love to take advantage of it. Pete, good afternoon to you. How are things? Hey, everything's all right. How you been? Been good. Uh, I was telling you right before we came on the air today, though, I was in Vegas and I got absolutely walloped in the college uh, card on Saturday morning. Things got a little How bit was better. How possible? This was an easy <laughs> week. You would think it would have been. Every I zigged, they zagged every single time. Although you, you you joke, but to keep it local with you, it was there was a crazy ten minutes, which I don't know how it felt in the sports book, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden Stanford went from being crushed to covering, uh-huh. and Wisconsin went from being a close thing to covering against your Hawkeyes, and then going on the over with that last moment unnecessary touchdown. So there are a whole lot of big things that happen all in a big flurry there. And my biggest bet of the weekend was the under in the Iowa-Wisconsin game. Yeah, that, sometimes you just tip your cap and you move on. Sometimes you just have those days. The fullback got me. and uh, Well, in an Iowa-Wisconsin game, that's kind of what you'd expect. Pete, speaking of I that. you're looking for the flag, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. There's got to be a hold somewhere out there on a misdirection play. It has to be. Alas, that wasn't the case. Well, Iowa also lost a starting linebacker on that final play as Nick Neiman's going to be out three to four weeks. But, Pete, your perspective, looking at it from the Iowa vantage point, and I looked at this game, I went back and a little more sober, watched it again after I got home Sunday night. So many missed opportunities in that football game. But bigger picture than just that individual game and giving the Wisconsin, obviously, the inside track for the Big Ten West, it felt like an opportunity to, to put themselves maybe on equal footing with the Badgers going forward in the West. It wasn't just the game. It felt bigger than that from our vantage point for Iowa with that opportunity to beat Wisconsin. Yeah, the problem is they weren't going to be on equal footing if they won that game, but for this year they would be. Uh, but yeah, that was for the Big Ten West. That was, uh, that was it. I mean, Wisconsin still has to deal with Penn State and uh, Michigan on the road, so there are a chance, is a chance there that if uh, the Hawkeyes win out that they can absolutely still take the West, but obviously there can't be any blips the rest of the way. And uh, it's, it was a good performance by Iowa. I, I was kind of impressed that they hung with the Badgers. That was an angry Badger team, uh, mainly because coming off that BYU loss, and they still hung with them. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was close game, this opportunity, but that's kind of what Wisconsin does. That's, that's, part of the, uh, that's part of the narrative with them is that they are on such an even keel. They're so businesslike with what they do. That's just how they come up with wins, and, you know, they managed to do it. Pete, another Big Ten game from the weekend. Nebraska didn't look like they should even be close to the same field as Michigan. 
we knew there was a rebuild in front of Scott Frost. Uh, is maybe Cornhusker Nation starting to realize this rebuild's a lot bigger than just getting the right guy in place? It's amazing how this stuff happens. Like the narrative can change just by a little bit. They were really, really close to beating Colorado. Mm-hmm. They were really, really close to beating Troy. And if they win those games or one of those two games, it's a little bit different thought right now. It's the fact that you lose both those at home and then get annihilated by Michigan that it just looks so, so bad. So uh, it's, they weren't going to win the national championship right away. They weren't going to win. But the goal right now is just keep getting better each and every week, uh, get Adrian Martinez better, and it's just going to be a, a grind for a while. They don't have the players there. That was part of the issue. You don't have the defense in Nebraska quite yet. Uh, you don't have the playmakers in place. They have a good receiving core, but they don't have much of a running game like they had in the past. So it is going to be a little bit of a, a problem for a while. And that obviously, you know, Scott Frost is mad. It wasn't what he was looking forward to. Uh, but it's going to be a little bit of a fight for a while for them to, to get good. But, you know, again, this is going to be a process. Pete Futek, College Football News, joining us, Jimmy B and TC on 1700. Pete, let's uh, go from looking backwards in the rearview mirror and look forward to what we're going to see coming up this sports weekend. And I uh, want to start, obviously, with the big, ga- big game in Big Ten territory, Ohio State going out to Penn State. And if you would have told me just a couple years ago there would be a top 10 Big Ten matchup and the over-under was 71, I would have looked at you like you had three heads. And that seems a little excessive. I'm kind of with you. You know, the silence tweet game that this has turned into now after oh, this today. Yes. Uh, but uh, it's... These both, I mean, figure this. I mean, Michigan is getting a whole lot better. It's growing. Michigan State hasn't really shown up yet. Penn State still has to deal with Wisconsin. There's a lot of work to do. But the last two years, this has been the big, effectively the Big Ten championship, and it might just be that again. I mean, both these teams are that good. Ohio State's right there with Ohio, with Alabama and Georgia in terms of you know the three best teams. Clemson's kind of right there, too, just on the outside. Uh, and this is the game that they're going to have to pull off to uh, to show that they are, you know, among the elite of the elite. But Ohio State's just been playing at another level, and this is the time that they're going to have to show it up. I think the Buckeyes win, but it's going to be a fight. I don't think it's going to be quite that huge a shootout like that spread says, but it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It is another top 10 matchup. Stanford, after lucking their way to the victory, they should be the team with the four-leaf clover on their helmets uh, coming up this week. As they go to Notre Dame, yeah, that speaks like a man who had probably had Oregon in that game. <laughs> well, I told you how my week went. Yes, you're absolutely right. Notre Dame throws Ian Book in. I also had Wake Forest and the points as at a sharp, quote unquote, sharp. Tell me that's the way to go. And of course, we know how that turned out. Ian Book takes yeah. and and suddenly Notre Dame looks like an offensive juggernaut. I know it's Wake Forest, but they looked really good on Saturday. And look at the schedule. That look at what's coming next. If they get by Stanford this week, what do you got? You got a mediocre Virginia Tech team that was overrated because they beat a mediocre Florida State team, and they don't have Josh Jackson. You've got a Florida State team that's totally beatable, a USC team that's totally beatable. You beat Stanford. Where's the loss? I mean, where's the you know Notre Dame's going to be favored just about everywhere else the rest of the way. So uh, this is this is it. This is that big game that's going to show that if. if they beat. Uh, they win this game. The narrative's going to change, and everyone's going to start looking harder at this Notre Dame team and say, "All right, it might not be one of the four best teams in the country, but if it goes twelve and zero, it's going to be in the college football playoff." Mark Stoops. It's been a long build at Kentucky. He's got his team in the top twenty after another victory for them. They're four and zero. South Carolina comes to town. 
I think this is the easiest game in on the week. South Carolina is a more talented team, I still believe, right now. Debo Samuel on the outside, Bentley at the quarterback position. And Kentucky, after that one, they can't keep this up, can they? Yeah, I, I think uh, South Carolina wins, too. The problem is Florida's a more talented team, too. Sure. And yeah. Mississippi State's more talented. Like, they've got the formula. I mean, when you got Terry Wilson, who's not going to be Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, but he's been great leading this team so far. He's been you know, under center, making the big plays happen. And Benny Snell, that twosome in the backfield is doing everything right. And you've got a couple of defensive studs out there who so are going to play in the next level. This is a very, very good team. It just seems to keep on rolling. So uh, I'm picking South Carolina, but I, it's not a sure thing. This is a, this Kentucky team's for real, and they're certainly playing well enough to win this game. Pete, can you remember a worse 2.30 central window than what we have this weekend? Tennessee, Georgia, awful. Baylor goes to Oklahoma, probably not. We get Pitt, Central Florida, Texas, K-State, it's just brutal. Can you remember anything ever this bad in the middle of the afternoon? All I know is anytime ever anybody ever says that, yeah, that's when yeah. weird things happen. Yeah. And it just it, the thing about college football is because there are a million games. You know, it's not like the NFL where you have some, you know, you have you know, six morning games and you know, six night games or however it figures out. And uh, if you have a if you don't have a good one, it looks like it's a bad week. There's so many games. There's always something bizarre that happens that all of a sudden takes over the narrative. So I, you're right. The matchups are not scintillating. They're not anything you have to hang out and watch. But usually that's when the weird things start to happen. Pete, to the Big 12, and uh, Iowa State got their first win of the year in unusual circumstances, obviously with the tragedy uh, that happened in Ames earlier in the week sure. with the former Cyclone a golfer. It was a weird spot. The stadium, talking to people that were there, it was just it was a different kind of game. But uh, your perspective overall, they go on the road, TCU, Oklahoma State on the road the next two weeks, West Virginia, Iowa State, because of the cancellation in week one, they'll get the makeup game with Incarnate Word at the end of the year. Does this look to be a bowl team to you? It's going to be a fight. I mean, it just is. I mean, it, it, the running game hasn't worked yet. You've got an NFL running back in Montgomery. You've got a good-looking quarterback in Nolan. You've got Hakeem Butler. There are parts there. But it's just kind of not working so far in terms of just cranking it up. We'll see. You know, there's, they were able to shock the last few years, and they're still good enough to at least be competitive. Uh, but to, to shock the world again and, you know, be that team that can beat, you know, obviously they just lost Oklahoma, but be that Oklahoma winning good or TCU winning good, they don't seem to have quite that. But they got to get the running game going to, to really start to make some noise in the Big 12. So it's, it's going to be a little bit of a fight for them this year. Uh, they're going to win. They're going to pull off a couple upsets here and there, uh, but to get to six, that's, they're going to have to. They're going to have to hope that they can go into that incarnate word game uh, with needing that sixth win because it's going to be a. It's going to be a struggle all year. B. Futek joining us. College football news. One more for you, Pete. Kind of big picture on the Big Twelve. We saw Oklahoma screwing around with Army and having to go to overtime to get that victory. Is the Big 12, in your mind, the conference on the outside looking in right now as it pertains to the college football playoff, even though you got West Virginia and Oklahoma undefeated right now? Yeah, no, it, it really depends on where they end up. And, and no matter what you say, I mean, Florida, I'm sorry, Alabama and Georgia are two of the best teams in the country. It's going to be hard to keep one of those two out uh, if one of them finishes. If they both end up undefeated in the SEC championship game, then you're right. Someone's going to have to be left out. But 
go undefeated, go 13-0, and and you're in the college football playoffs no matter what, if you're Oklahoma or West Virginia. That's, there, there's no way that they, that gets left out. And I don't think 12-1 and with a Big 12 championship gets left out. That has yet to happen uh, in the college football playoff era where you have uh, a one-loss true conference champion team. Uh, being left out, where you know, obviously the first year we had the, the Baylor TCU thing happening, uh, but this is different now. Thirteen and twelve and one, uh, you get in. So we could talk conferences. I mean, the ACC has been worse than the uh, the Big Twelve so far. The Pac twelve hasn't been anything crazy. But again, if you win your conference championship, do it with one loss, and most likely everything's going to shake out, and you're going to get into the, uh, the uh, college football playoff. Pete, thanks as always for your time. Good catching up. There, Trent. Pfuta College Football News joining us here on a Thursday as we prepare for a big night in sports. The Cubs try to get the lead extended to a full game going into the final three. That's going on as they welcome in Pittsburgh for the final of that series. Then you got, of course, NFL. Rams, Vikings tonight, 7-20 with the kickoff. On the local front, Northern Iowa. They get Indiana State game one of the Missouri Valley Football Conference all coming up here today. Really looking forward to a great night of sports. Going to be a whole lot of fun. we got still a lot more to come. Again, just an abbreviated show as we will bring you the pregame show with the UNI Panthers coming up here at 5 o'clock with Gary Rima out in Terry Haute, Indiana. I've been told by many, not exactly the uh, the top of the scale as it pertains to stops in the MVC. He's there regardless. That'll come your way at 5 o'clock. Also, after the conclusion of Panthers and Sycamores, we will join in progress Rams-Vikings. You're out and about tonight, making it a thirsty Thursday. Tune it in here to 1700. We got you covered with the Vikings and the Rams. Quick timeout coming back on the other side, talking more football, more Big Ten football. Time to break down that Ohio State-Penn State guy game, and we'll do it with our guy, Ken Silverstein. He's up next. Jimmy B and TC continues on 1700 KBGG. Hey, it's Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney, giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Boom! Vehicle advertising print wraps can be seen tens of thousands of times a day. If you want to increase your advertising footprint with a full or partial final print wrap on your business vehicle, go to CompleteAutoWraps.com. Complete Auto Wraps also specializes in full color change color wraps. Change the color of your vehicle or add a customized look with a print wrap to your vehicle, motorcycle, or boat. Don't pay big dealership or national sign chain prices when you can get yours installed by a professional trained and certified installer. Contact Corby for more information or a free estimate at CompleteAutoWraps.com. A garage door is the largest moving part in your entire house. So it's important to keep it working smoothly, especially as winter approaches. At Advanced Door Systems, we service all garage door brands, even if you do not purchase the door from us. Visit our website, ads-doors.com. That's ads-doors.com to learn more about us and the garage door and opener services we offer. Advanced Door Systems. The right door, the right way. Garage door. 
touchdown. Don't miss out on tailgates and touchdowns because your cars broke down. Instead, call an audible by calling Absolute Auto Repair, where we offer free loaner cars while yours is in the shop. At Absolute Auto Repair in Herbdale, we get that when your car breaks down, your life is interrupted. That's why we offer loaner cars to keep your busy life moving. Absolute Auto Repair in Herbdale on Hickman Road near Cobblestone Theater. Google Absolute Auto Repair Herbdale. Absolute Auto Repair is a proud supporter of high school football. Touchdown, Absolute Auto Repair. From the Barrel, Des Moines Whiskey Festival kicks off this year and will be taking place in downtown Des Moines. Ladies, don't miss our Friday night kickoff dinner, Women in Whiskey, featuring a five-course dinner, whiskey pairings, and great entertainment. Women in Whiskey proudly benefits our amazing sponsor, Susan G. Komen. Tickets on sale now at dsmwhiskeyfest.com. Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charterhouse Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. The best part is our sellers still get full service, including social media marketing, their home on the MLS, a dedicated agent, and much more. Head to charterhouseiowa.com and use our calculator there to see what your savings could be. We are Charterhouse Real Estate, and we are changing the way you think about selling your home. Charterhouse Real Estate is a team office under Space Simply. The ARL Second Chance Ranch is a safe haven for horses rescued from abuse, neglect, and abandonment. It is also a temporary home for other barn animals waiting for new, loving families. Join us at the main event on October 12th as we celebrate all the barn animals that are currently in our care and all those that have found new homes. Dance along to live music while enjoying dinner among the horses at the ARL's barn and arena. Get your tickets at arl-iowa.org slash main event. Welcome back. Time to get into the Big Ten, our Big Ten insider on Jimmy B and TC. He is Ken Silverstein, and he joins us as he normally does on a Thursday. Ken, good afternoon. Boy, you got a big one there in your homeland of Ohio with the Buckeyes making their way east to Penn State. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge game. Um, I'm not thrilled that it's in late September. This game would have been better if it would have been uh, played in, uh, let's say, 30 days later around around Halloween or early to mid-November-ish. But, you know, the schedule is the schedule. I don't like the five teams are off this week. I think that hurts the overall uh, product in general. But it is what it is, and this is a huge game. Um, it's one of the more difficult settings. Uh, I've been there more than a few times, and I, I will tell you in my travels, without boring people about my background and resume and so forth, that I don't know if I've ever been anywhere in college football where there's such a huge difference between a night game whiteout and a, quote, regular season, not a regular season, they're all regular season, than a, quote, quote, normal, whether it's September, October, November, afternoon game. Mm -hmm. The difference is unbelievable. It's off the charts. The difference in the noise, the venom that is spilled, uh, the words you hear from people's mouths, which I'm not going to repeat because it's a family-oriented radio station. I think you see where I'm going with this. Uh, it's not for the weak of heart. So, um, look, um, they do it every two years there. Um, it's a national TV game. It's number four against number nine. Uh, you have two of the, arguably the best offenses in all of college football, at least statistically, uh, playing each other. I know we'll get into more details about matchups and so forth 
It's a great setting. It's over 100,000 people. Um, it's a whiteout. It's great visually for TV. Uh, it'll give you an earache, seriously, if you've ever been there for a night game, particularly a whiteout. So it's, um, it's a very unique setting, which gives Penn State a very big advantage. Arguably, the biggest advantage that any Big Ten team has at home for one game is a whiteout at night in a marquee setting against someone like an Ohio State or Michigan or whomever they think is the uh, the big boy on the block. You know, it is interesting, uh, just the, the perspective of the environment. I've been there for a whiteout game, saw Iowa go in there right away, mm. first play of the game, Penn State hits an 80-yard bomb, gets up 7 nothing, but Iowa came back, made the plays, and, and got the victory, and it is funny how quickly it can go from that loud ringing you talk about to quietness across the stadium. Never heard 100,000 people be so quiet, but that's a conversation for a different day. Hey, before we get deeper into that game, I'll look back to what we saw last week, of course, here in Iowa, Ken. A lot of Hawkeye fans lamenting that loss. It was there for the taking. Iowa outplayed Wisconsin for three and a half quarters. The problem was they were only up 17-14. Special teams gaffes. Plays left on the field. They outplayed them, but you got to be able to convert. You have to be able to score, and you can't let Wisconsin hang around because you see what happens. They make plays, and they got the victory. Yeah, the only way you're going to beat Wisconsin is you've got to have a lot more team speed than they do. And the, and the big boys in the East have a lot more team speed. They have better athletes, and that's why, for the most part, Wisconsin has trouble against those teams, likewise, in a championship game. So it was for the taking. Obviously, the ball rolling up the Iowa kid's leg uh, on special teams was a, a bad play. He got to get out of the way. He didn't. I gave him field position. We all know what occurred after that. Um, the big drive. Um, look, I'm not a big Honeybrook fan. Um, um, I just don't think he's that good. Um, and you got to get out on him early to force Wisconsin. You need him to throw the ball 30 or more, 35 times a game. You've got to force Wisconsin to be down by 14 okay, or, or, or 17. You've got, you got to make them realize, whoops, we can't do what we want to do. And if you do that, you're going to beat them okay? if you have equal talent or better yet, better talent. Iowa did a nice job of stopping Taylor for the most part. Yeah, he got 100-plus, but he didn't have the 30, 40, 50-yard run. You know, the real big play, uh, they did a nice job on him. Um, Hornybrook played for Hornybrook. He played okay, made a big play or two on the last drive. I get it. I saw it. I'm not a big fan of his athletic ability or, or lack thereof. The best game he's ever played was in the bowl game last year uh, when he played, I think, out of his mind. Um, is it over? Uh, I don't know if it's over. Um, there's still time. Uh, Iowa does have the better schedule, but it will help Iowa. They got they got to win out, and obviously they're going to have to win. Uh, what Penn State's coming up in what? How many more weeks? It's a bunch. Mm-hmm. When is that Penn State game? It At is October twenty seventh, so we're about a month away. All right, so it's about thirty days, roughly thirty days from now. I think if Iowa can continue to win, mm-hmm. okay. And get out of Happy Valley with a W. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to last year's game, okay? Yeah. 
you know, I mean, McSorley made a play or two and made the throw at the end in the back of the end zone. He just got it over, I think it was, it was one of the linebackers. I can't remember which one it was for Iowa. Barely missed touching the ball. If he tips it or knocks it down, Iowa wins. It just got over his paw into the hands of the wide receiver for Penn State. Penn State wins. We all know what occurs. Um, so um, if they could win that game and obviously continue to win, I, I don't see – I could see Wisconsin losing a conference game or two. Yeah. I think it's possible with the schedule they have to play. So it's not over if you're Iowa, but there cannot be any more losses. I mean, you just got to win out. And we fast forward to Penn State, Ohio State, same situation, difficult schedules for both teams. Is it over for the loser? It's not over, but they're at a tough spot. One, like Iowa, they'd have to win out, and the other team, whether it's Penn State or Ohio State, would have to lose two. Penn State... Penn State's got the more difficult schedule because they got to play Iowa, Ohio State. The teams they have in the West, I'm doing this from memory, they got Purdue at Purdue, probably a night game, trap game for Ohio State. Uh, they have Minnesota, who looked awful last week, and they have Nebraska, who looks like, oh, my, oh my goodness, they're in shambles <laughs> right now. So I think if Ohio State loses, they still got a slim shot. I think if Penn State loses, they have less of a shot. But it's a it's a huge game Saturday night in Happy Valley. Well, and the the difference between the East and the West, in my opinion, is in the West it's a two team race. So Iowa, because Wisconsin has the head to head, they have to have a better record in the East. You very well could have a scenario where you have a three, maybe even a four way tie at mm-hmm. seven and two, even six and three. You know something crazy like that, and it com- completely changes the perspective. And the way the tiebreaker goes, as opposed to just two teams, when you get three or even four teams in there, how the tiebreaker breaks down. So that's why I think in terms of getting to Indianapolis, the Iowa-Wisconsin game was more important because there's two teams there. In the East, you can make the argument three or four, depending on your thought process of Michigan State, and a little bit different. But regardless, it's huge because there's national championship implications. And, and that was a difference from a week ago. Not realistic that it was Concert I was winning a national championship. Could they, with the breaks, get into a college football playoff? Sure, but they're not winning the whole thing. That's a different thought process that's going on with Ohio State and Penn State this week. With the win, they're thinking national title. Yeah, they are, and they, and they have the talent. And why don't we start breaking it down just a little bit? Um, look, McSorley, I've been thinking about McSorley all week. Uh, he is one of the more unique players that I've seen, because he's not an NFL quarterback, okay? Anyone who thinks he's an NFL quarterback is out of their out of their minds. He's not. But he is, to use a basketball term, this guy is a gym rat, okay? Uh, Iowa obviously remembers from last year, this guy can look ugly, 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 and then when the chips are down, somehow this guy thinks he's the second coming of Tom Brady, let's say, and just starts making plays with his arm and his legs, his legs and his arm, and all of a sudden, you know, somehow steals a W from, in this case, Iowa last year or whomever, let's say, Ohio State coming up on Saturday. So, you know, I was asked earlier today, you know, who's got the better quarterback? Dwayne Haskins is going to play in the NFL, and he's going to be a first-round or early second-round pick whenever he comes out. McSorley's never going to play a lick of NFL football, 
but we're not talking the NFL. We're talking one game at home, Happy Valley, whiteout, night game, national TV, senior quarterback in McSorley against a kid who played really one road game, and it wasn't even a road game because against TCU, the crowd was about 70% Ohio State alums, okay, because they travel so well. So um, I don't even count that as a road game. First of all, it was a neutral site game that was loaded to the gills with Ohio State fans. This is a road game, okay? This is, this is major league stuff here that he's going to be running into. So the advantage of quarterback, which obviously is the most important position on the field, uh, definitely goes to, uh, in my mind, uh, Penn State. Both teams are not as good as they have been defensively. Don't know why. But, well, I do know. Both teams have trouble at linebacker. Uh, they're young, and they make a lot of mistakes. Nick Bosa, who would be arguably a top-five pick in April's NFL draft, will not play for Ohio State. I think Penn State's going to win. The spread, uh, you may want to look at it. Um, I think it's about three-and-a-half or four in that ballpark. I think it's too high in favor of Ohio State. Don't see it. I think it's going to be a classic. The last two years have been close. Last year, you might remember, J.T. Barrett played out of his mind for a quarter and a half. Hit Marcus Ball in the back of the end zone. Ohio State comes back, I think, from 18 and beats him. Year prior in Happy Valley, a blocked punt and a blocked field goal, the difference. And Penn State wins that affair. So both games very close in the last two years. I think Ohio State's got better talent. I know they got better talent. If it was on a neutral field, Ohio State beats them by more than a touchdown. They're not playing on a neutral field. They're not playing in Jerry World. They're not playing in, in Iowa City. They're playing this game in arguably the most difficult place to play, especially at night in Happy Valley. So I, I got Penn State winning by three. Um, I think it's going to be high scoring. I got a 38-35. If you don't have a rooting interest, and most people do, if you don't have a rooting interest, I think it's going to be, if not a classic, a near classic. It's going to be that good a game uh, between two of the quote-unquote big boys in the Big Ten. That is high scoring, 38-35, and that would go over the total, Ken. I don't know if you've looked at that, but uh, the over-under right now, 71 in the matchup with the Buckeyes and the Knicks. Wow, that surprises me. That's a little, I, I look. Everyone I've talked to, everyone, you know, on both sides of the fence on this game have it as a high-scoring shootout. Now, I will tell you this. You will know early, okay, not by looking at the scoreboard. Oh, let's say it's scoreless. You'll know early how this game's going to ebb and flow, at least early on. If Ohio State is stopping their run, Penn State's got a big problem. Mm -hmm. Big problem. Okay? I don't think McSorley can beat them by just throwing the ball 30, 35 times. I don't think it's going to happen. If Penn State can run it and McSorley can do the RPOs, then I think Penn State's got a really good shot, and I think they get out of there with a close win. If Ohio State keeps Haskins clean and upright, then Penn State's in trouble because he's going to pick them apart, okay? Uh, because you have to cover every blade of grass because of his arm and his accuracy, and at the same time, you got to stop the two-headed monster, uh, Dobbins and Weber, running the football. So if Penn State's knocking him down, then I think Penn State's in a very good position. So look for those keys early on, mid-first quarter, maybe at the end of the first quarter, and say to yourself, forget the score, which one of those parameters 
singular or plural are occurring, and if one or the other is occurring, then I think you have a pretty good idea uh, where this thing may be ebbing and flowing. Finally, Ken, uh, another Big Ten game. Want to get your perspective with a lot of teams off this week. Iowa, Wisconsin, both off after last week's games. Illinois, Minnesota, Maryland, all sitting out this week. But the other game I want to get your perspective on is because of what happened last week is Nebraska. They welcome in Purdue. Boilermakers finally got off the mat with a nice win against Boston College on Saturday. Is this Nebraska's best chance at a win before Bethune-Cookman comes in in a makeup game on October 27th? Yeah, I, look, they were, they, they were just atrocious. I mean, I was watching it and thinking to myself, you know what, where's Bo Pelini when I need him? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, they fired Bo Pelini because he won nine games a year. Well, that's that, no, 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 it, it wasn't just that. They fired Bo Pelini because he was, I know, he I was know. prickly. Yes, oh, and that's a good word for it. <laughs> let's just put it this way. You need a source. Prickly is a good place to start, though. Uh, I can take some letters out of that, but foul I mood. <laughs> no, no, we don't need to do that. Uh, he was in a foul mood 365. How about yeah, that? Yes, yes. Uh, but you see what I'm saying, though, okay? Look, I think Scott Frost will get it done. Uh, he inherited this program. Um, there's not a lot of talent, per se, from top to bottom on the roster. I think Martinez is going to be really good. But when you got to start a freshman quarterback, uh, there are going to be potholes along the way. Plus, he's coming off an injury. Uh, that's a really ugly scenario. And that's about as low as you can get. Uh, and I know that's saying a lot because Nebraska's had some really, really ugly affairs over the last few years. Uh, they, were, they were out everything. They were out-talented, out-coached, out-everything. Um, thing with Purdue is they're going to throw it all over the yard. I mean, he, you, you, you know what's going to happen. If you can stop the passing game, if you can knock down their quarterback, make them one-dimensional, make them so they got to run the ball a lot more than they want to run it, then I think they got a puncher's chance. But um, I thought, and I want to put this as kindly as I can, and I'm not sure I can come up with the right word or words to describe it, I saw some things in that Michigan game from Nebraska that were, particularly from the defensive side, that were very discouraging. Um, and maybe the best way to say it, and I'll make it G-rated, was lack of effort. It looked like to me um, that some people weren't given as much as they could give. And uh, that would trouble me greatly. And he has said in the past, if you're not happy here, if you don't want to be here, there's the door. We don't need you. We only want people who believe in the program and where we're going with this thing. It was really bad. Now, Michigan's got a lot of talent. A lot of guys are going to play in the NFL, okay? And they're on a roll right now. And the Notre Dame game seems like eons ago. But we'll see where Michigan is down the road because they got to play some big boys in the next three, four, five weeks. So, you know, we'll see where Michigan is. But that was that was not good if you're a Nebraska fan. I mean, you got to be, look, I get it. It's a big house. I get it, Ann Arbor. I get it, it's over 100,000 people. I get it. Totally been there, done that. Okay. But you got to put up a better fight than that. Will they beat Purdue? I'd say right now Purdue wins. Um, until I see Nebraska win a game, why should I favor Nebraska to win a game yeah. at this point? 
you know, I'm not from Missouri, but show me. Yep. And so at this point, um, I think uh, Purdue wins two in a row. And if you're Purdue, you're thinking to yourself, we gave away the Northwestern game, uh, the Eastern Michigan game, and what game am I forgetting in between? They lost another game. Whatever. They lost three games. Arguably, you could make an argument they should be 4-0, and maybe 2-2, and maybe 3-1, and however you want to slice it and dice it. Uh, so I got Purdue going into Nebraska, which should not occur. Nebraska should not be losing home games to Purdue, but with where they're at right now, unless they do a complete turnaround, I think Purdue's going to throw the ball all over the yard, and I think they're going to beat them. Right there with you. Going to be uh, a fun one and hopefully more entertaining than what we saw with Michigan last week uh, with the way they just dismantled the Cornhuskers. Hey, finally, Ken, just a minute left to go here. Quick uh, take as Cleveland gets ready. The Indians for the ALDS, they will be uh, making their way to Houston for the first couple of games of that series. Expectations at all? Is it one of those years where... Uh, people are just, uh, we'll watch and hope for the best. Where are the Indians fans right now out there? No, I think they're pretty confident. Uh, look, if they're going to get to the World Series, they're going to deserve it. they got to beat Houston right. and most likely Boston. And so you're dealing with two teams that won over 100 games, uh, respectively. they got to beat the defending World Series champion. So if they get there against whomever, Milwaukee, Colorado, Partridge in a Pear Tree, whomever from the National League, they're going to deserve it. Um, best of five. Home field, Houston, um, they got to, got to, got to, got to, got to split in those first two games. If they don't, they're in trouble. Um, normally, I would pick Houston because, one, the defending champions they have home field. But I don't know. Something just tells me, and I'm far from a homer, as you know, over all these, yes, yes. these years. I, I have nothing to base it on. Seriously, I just have a hunch that they're going to beat them. Um, I, I just, it's not the addition of Josh Donaldson particularly. I think he'll help. Um, I think Corey Kluber will pitch better than he has in the last couple postseasons. One, because I think he's healthy, where last year he wasn't. So with no reason in mind, at least not a good reason at this moment, I got the Indians winning in five and advancing to take on uh, the Red Sox. So we'll see. Kluber starts a week from uh, tomorrow. Yes, Kluber, Clevenger, Bauer, Carrasco. It's a good way to start things. You, you have that uh, when you're going forward. You're looking good. Hey, we're out of time today, Ken. We'll talk again next Thursday. Look forward to it. Have a good weekend, everybody. Ken Silverstein checking in with us, our Big Ten insider, and a little look at the Indians. Final timeout of the hour, coming back, putting a cap on things and getting you ready for the night in sports. We'll do it next here as we continue on. Trent Conan running solo. It's Jimmy B and TC. Trent Conan back with you one final time as uh, we put a cap on just an hour of the program today. Earlier today, myself and Ken Miller, maybe you're looking for a little something, something on your drive home. You can download your podcasts of all of our programs through the link at 1700kbgg.com. Search the Ken Miller Show with Trent Condon. Search Jimmy B and TC. They'll pop up there. Earlier today, Ken and I, we talked with Jordan Burnfield from Chicago. Got a look at the Cubs as they get ready for tonight. Vinny Iyer, he also talked some NFL with us of the sporting news. Mitch Holtis was here, your home and away voice for Kansas City Chiefs football. Mitch was by to talk about the Monday night game with the Broncos. Talked a little Cornhuskers with Stephen M. Sipple. And I had a smile on my face. Hey, you know... A little schadenfreude, 
Yeah, I, I certainly have it with the Cornhuskers and also previewed the Vikings and the Rams with Tim Yotter from Viking Update. All that on the podcast page, 1700kbgg.com. We got you and I football coming up. Pre-game show at 5 o'clock. The kickoff at 6 with the Panthers at Indiana State. An opportunity to pick up win number one of the Missouri Valley Conference play and get things started before a big one next week with North Dakota State coming to town next Saturday for the PCATs. After the conclusion of that one, we have Thursday night football and a great Thursday night football game with the Vikings and the Rams. Thoughts on the matchup tonight? You know, you, you look at the Vikings, what happened a week ago, and, and when you go through and you look at the NFL, you can't get mired in the week-to-week minutia that is the NFL. You just you can't fall victim to that. If you do, you're going to run into trouble. There's no doubt. It just it is. Remember what you've seen throughout. Just don't go week to week. And because of that, I'm on the Vikings tonight. I'm grabbing the touchdown. A little taste on the money line. I'm going to get into all of that with the betting tonight. I got a few different bets out there, but for the NFL. That's where I'm looking at tonight. Grab the Vikings. Grab that full touchdown. See what you can do there. I think they bounce back in a big way. And I think it was great what they did going out early. They got there Tuesday, get acclimated, out there on the left coast, doing all that. With what's happening with Everson Griffin, it has to make some kind of impact on that team. And what we saw on the field Sunday and that brutal, brutal loss and just performance overall against Buffalo. You can't do that. You can't. You can't play that way. If you do, well, you see what happens. It, it it was ugly, ugly in that performance. Now, the Rams are 3-0, and and I don't want to say they're a fake 3-0 and because I believe this Rams team is incredibly talented. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I love the roster, but with the injuries that they have, Tlaib out, Marcus Peters looks to be out. With that happening, I, I really think that you just have to look at this and say, the Vikings going to be able to move the football. The offensive line has to play a lot better. We, we need to see the offensive line play better than what they did against the Bills' front seven. If they can do that, it's a talented Rams front. Of course, you have maybe the best defensive player in the league, this side of Khalil Mack. And Aaron Donald, coupled with Sue up there, it's a formidable front. The offensive line has to play much better. If they do, I really give the Vikings a chance not just to be in this game, but to win this football game. A real good one coming up tonight. Again, we will join in progress after the UNI game. So we got that going on this evening. All the football plus baseball with the Cubs this evening. Last night, boy, it it felt like this was going the wrong, wrong way. It was ugly. Now they found a way to get the victory. Amora down 0-2, gets the hit in extra innings. They find a way to win. They don't get swept by the Pirates. Now, tonight, keep it going. You got Lester on the bump. No excuses, right? No excuses here. You got the guy that you want. They say they're not feeling pressure. In fact, I saw El Mora say that after the game. No pressure, no panic is what he said afterwards. You certainly want to see that. It just It's felt very odd throughout this series. Really, the last week or so, you just... You're wondering about this squad. And now Chris Bryant's out. You couple that with what's happening with Addison Russell. His paid leave of absence. It's been extended now. It goes through Sunday, the egg of the, uh, the end of the regular season. Of course, on Sunday, normally this is seven days. It's extended by the request of the league and the players' union. 
That's where we are there. There's just a lot going on. With the Cardinals coming in, and even if the Cardinals, they have their own work to do, obviously, to get back in the mix as now they stand behind the second wildcard spot with the Dodgers as the Dodgers go again tonight in their matchup with Arizona. Now, the Dodgers last night didn't look good. Check it. It's the Giants uh, tomorrow for the Dodgers. One more in that one. I, I Just going through cards, Cubs, regular season finale. Got the Brewers already clinched a playoff spot. And how about that celebration last night? That was so, so good. Bob Huker in the locker room getting drenched. I love locker room celebrations. An incredible fact. The Brewers have only been in the playoffs. This is just the fifth time. Feels like it's been more than that. 2008, they broke through. CC Sabathia came over. They got into the playoffs. 2011, they were there. Lost to the Cardinals in the NLCS 4-2. But before that, you got to go back to the 82 World Series. Lost to the Cardinals. And 81, the first time ever they made it. And they lost to the Yankees in the Division Series 3-2. So, as you look at it, as we get ready for tonight, Cubs, certainly, that's what we're watching. You got the football. It's a great night of sports. It really is. We're set up well and set up for a big Football Friday. Coming up on Football Friday, we will begin things at noon. Myself and Ken Miller, as we do every weekday from 12 until 2 we will talk on a football Friday. Tom Caker will give us a look at the Hawkeyes. Dylan Montz, he'll be in Fort Worth getting ready for Iowa State TCU. We'll talk Vikings and recap what we saw tonight with the voice of the Vikings. Paul Allen is going to be by. We will talk with Dave Sinekin on the Packers. We'll take a look at the Chiefs with Nick Athen. We will hit every angle possible, give you our picks, and our picks have been good. Ken and I are off to a good start. I'm over 500, 11 and 9. It's on the plus side of things making money. Ken, a hot 12-7-1. We will continue to work to give you picks. And then on your drive home tomorrow from 4 until 6, it'll be Jimmy B and TC. Got a lot set up. Lee Sterling will be by with his picks. Jimmy B will check in also with his. We'll have a Hawkeye Swarm with Dr. Stephen Fuller. We'll talk a lot of Cyclones TCU all tomorrow from 4 until 6 o'clock. That'll do it here for today. As we go to you and I football, the pregame show with the voice of the Panthers, Gary Rima. That is coming your way next on 1700. A big, big night of football here. Panthers in Indiana State, followed by Rams and Vikings, and a football Friday tomorrow. Enjoy your night in sports, everybody. We'll talk to you then on 1700.